Well, let's begin today in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. In our confession series. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Or the Greek word actually is homologeo, which is our uh, saying the same thing. Homo meaning same and logeo meaning the word of God, the written word of God. So let's, let us hold fast or grab hold tight on saying the same thing as the word of God or saying the same thing as God says. Let us hold fast seeing we have a great high priest that is Jesus Christ who is passed into the heavens that he is the son of God. Let us grab hold tight to saying the same thing. Let us hold on firmly to saying the same thing. Let us grip it firm to saying the same thing. And so we're talking about our confession or the words of our mouth. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. But what says it? The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You know the Greek word for word in, bo in both of those words, word? Word like, reminds me of word world. If you have kids like word world. You know, take the letters, build a word. Okay. <laughs> but what says it? The rhema is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the rhema of faith which we preach. In other words, the word of God that he's speaking to you right now. Uh, the word of God that he's revealing to you right now, the word of God that he's making real to you right now, uh, what is it? What does it say? It is the rhema, or the word God's speaking to you right now is near you. Yeah. It's in your mouth. Yeah. And it's in your heart. Yeah. A lot of times we have a rhema from God or a word from God in our heart, but we don't let it flow out our mouth because we're so accustomed to hooking our speaking device, which is our mouth, to our reasoning abilities. Yeah. I know, it's embarrassing for me. That sometimes uh, the Lord is just like still, small voice, inward witness. And like, you know, it just kind of like, uh, to me it's like bubbles floating up, you know. Like, oh, you should speak this. And then sometimes I'll catch myself saying a mental reasoning instead of what the word of God says. Yet the whole time he's right there trying to prompt me. <laughs> he's saying, uh, just pay attention to me who's on the inside. Greater is he that's on the inside than the reasoning that you have up here. You know, greater is he than what other people have figured out or what you could figure out. Yeah. You know, if you have uh, 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 analytical skills or you enjoy analyzing, sometimes you have to be really cautious that you don't become your own Lord. <laughs> because you could just figure out that it is impossible. for this technical thing to work because you know how this technical thing works and there's no possible way it could start. Well, with man, it's not possible. So you're judging correctly according to a man's ability, but not with God. All things are possible uh, to him that believes. 
And all things are possible with God. So I suppose all things are possible to him that believes God. Him that would act in faith in God. So the Greek word in verse 8 here for faith is pistis. And pistis is a noun. It, It is the thing of faith. But when you actually believe God, to believe God is an act of faith. That is, that is to believe. I think that's like pistio or something like that. I like to use the Greek word a lot of times because I grew up in church. And because I grew up in church, when I read the same scriptures, sometimes they don't have as much meaning to me than if I say like, uh, love is patient, love is kind. If I say agape is patient, agape is kind. It, you hear it a little different way. And it, you know, really agape is a really good one to do that with, which was the God kind of love. Because we really don't have an English word that, that can accurately... Well, there is not even a Greek word that can accurately describe agape, the love of God. Because that love is so pure and so undefiled and so powerful towards each and every one of us. Each and every person that's lost that doesn't even know Jesus, the power of the love of God. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable. You know, there was, a, there was a, a little boy in the hospital the minister went to see him, and you know what he did? He just walked in, and he just said, you know, God loves you. And with those words, he carried the very life of God, and that child was raised up completely healed, whole and healthy. When you find out that God actually loves you, that he actually has moved heaven and earth in order to conduit his love to you, in order to connect his love to you, in order to pour his love into you. Like he, he crossed a chasm that was not possible for a man to cross. You know, it's such a deep valley, such a, such a ravine that you, it's not even possible. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? It's amazing, but it's nothing compared to going from death to life. It doesn't even, it's not even in the same sphere of reality. The reality is Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for those who could not help themselves. That's you and me, in case you're, in case you're like proud of yourself this morning. But what does it say? The word or the rhema is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the rhema of faith, which we preach. In other words, we preach or we declare. It's like uh, God has ordained that people are to be saved through the preaching of the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the message of Jesus Christ. What is the message of Jesus Christ? The message of Jesus Christ is the message of his death and what happened in his death, his burial, what happened after he was buried, what he did in hell, and his resurrection, and his ascension, what he's doing now. In other words, the message of the gospel is the message of the power of God. I am not ashamed, Romans 1.16, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what, is Jesus, what does Christ mean? Christ is not Jesus' last name. 
Like, I'm going to have you come up alphabetically in order from your last name. He could not come third, you know. A, B, C, no. Christ means the anointed one of God and his anointing. I am not ashamed of the gospel, which is, gospel literally means good news. Uh, you know, they would actually have, um, in time of war, before they had cell phones and all wonderful electronic devices, they'd have someone come and bring back news of the status of the battle. And one that was coming with a good report was a gospel messenger. And so, in other words, this whole battle that you've been in in your life, that you've been trying to overcome these addictions and these habits and these, this sickness, this disease, this poverty, all this that you're trying to overcome, there is a messenger with a message of gospel for you. And that messenger was the Lord Jesus Christ. And now that messenger is every believer that would declare the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Why? Well, because... I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in it a righteousness from God is revealed. Let's just look over there, Romans 1.16. For it is the power of God. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, of the anointed one and his anointing. So we're talking about the good news of the anointed one and his anointing. Yeah. <clears throat> for it is the power of God. It is, the, it is the ability of God that goes beyond and supersedes what you know in the natural to be possible. The gospel is the dynamis of God. That's where we get the word dynamite from. It is the explosive working of his power, but it's always creative and never destructive, except for of the power of the devil. I love Psalm 118, that uh, you know, you've made my enemies to be like dust before the wind. I beat them as small as the dust before the wind, David said. The enemy of sickness, the enemy of disease, the enemy of poverty, the enemy of lack, the enemy of depression. The gospel is the power, the dynamis of God. Dunamis, sorry, dunamis of God. For it is the power of God, what? Unto salvation. Yeah. To everyone, not just to everyone, but to everyone that believes. Yes. Pistio. Yes. To everyone that would act in faith. <laughs> to everyone that would take their trust in God and make it an action of their life. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The favor of God. The rightness of God. The purity of God. The perfection of God is revealed in the gospel. Yeah. Whew. From pistis to pistis. From faith to faith. From faith or originating from faith and leading to faith. In other words, the gospel is going to give you faith as soon as you hear the gospel message, faith comes. But then it leads you to faith. In other words, that you'll have a life of faith. As it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. 
or by their reliance on God and not themselves, or by their reliance on God and not the world, by their confidence in God, not their confidence in themselves, by their confidence in God, not their confidence in government, by their confidence in God, not their confidence in the doctors, by their confidence in God, not the confidence of their financial advisors, by confidence in God, not confidence of education. The just shall live by faith, or you could say the just will have real life by faith. In other words, if you want to have a life that goes beyond what uh, this world could offer, it is going to happen by faith. I love if you ever read that. There's a really good book uh, called uh, Two Kinds of Righteousness by E.W. Kenyon. And I, and I just brought back to my memory, so I'll tell you. Like in the first, my favorite part of that book is like the introduction. <laughs> I mean, I love the book, but uh, the reason the first part, favorite part is the introduction is there's this man, and he goes out fishing with his pastor. He said, we're going to go fishing. And so they go out in the boat, and they're fishing. And the man says to his pastor, he says, I'm paraphrasing it, he said, life has not turned out like I'd hope it would, like I always thought it would. I always expected other things in life. I thought life would be a lot different than what's really happened to me. And uh, E.W. Kenyon went on to say, basically, he was talking about he had an unreality of faith. In other words, it wasn't real to him. It was a secondary thing, and yet he'd lived his life, and he didn't fulfill his dreams. Well, because the only way you can fulfill the deepest dreams that are in your heart that God has placed there is by faith. Because God has placed within the heart of every person a plan and a purpose and a call. And that plan, that purpose, and that call can only fully be fulfilled through faith in God. Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, without pistis, without relying on God and acting on that trust and that belief, you cannot please God. That's the only way to please God is by faith. In other words, your great works and things you can come up with don't please God. But works actually are a result of faith in God. But works can also be a lying substitute for faith in God. That you go about to establish your relationship with God based on what you do. I think ministers maybe are some of the uh, most in danger of this of any person. Why? Well, because you're serving the Lord. So then you go out about to establish your personal relationship with the Lord because or based on what your vocation is or where you're serving. Uh, but nobody is free from it. Because basically it becomes, uh, you know, we don't say it, especially if we know what to say and what not to say. But our heart, you know, deep inside of us, we're really thinking like, well, if I just did a little more, the Lord would uh, uh, show me more favor. Or the Lord would, more blessing would show up. If I just did a little more, if I just prayed a little more, if I just read the word a little more, now what happens is when you act in faith and you live by faith, you get on the territory of the word. And where the word is, the blessing is poured out. So it's not really a matter of works because in one 
instant of time, you can act on the word and have the full blessing of the word. Why? Because you're trusting God. You're trusting the word. You're not trusting in yourself. You know, if you're a person of faith, you actually won't sin. Well, well, because faith, anything that's not of faith is sin. Well, what is faith? Where does faith come from? Faith is from the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so then all of a sudden, if you're going to act in faith, you're acting on the word. You're acting based on what the word says. Well, if you act based on what the word says, you're not going to sin. I didn't say you never would sin. But as a believer, that really should be kind of the rare thing. And when you do sin, it's not, uh, well, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Now, if you have a lifestyle of sin, that kind of becomes a big deal. But I'm talking about like your heart intent and you messed up or you were like exhausted or you were, um, uh, you know, didn't cast your cares on the Lord and you kind of went all, all this way and everything like that. Well, the reason it becomes a big deal is not because the Lord is condemning you because he's not condemning you. He's actually inviting you just like the prodigal son. He sees you like far off and he's like, oh, let's prepare a meal. Oh, let's get the fatted calf. Let's get a robe. Let's get a ring. Let's, I'm ready for you to come back. But it's our own stinking thinking. It's our performance thinking that we think unless I am perfect and walk in perfection, God is not happy with me. Well, that is a lie from the pit of hell because while we were sinners, Jesus gave his life for us. While we were not a good, a good uh, what do you call it? I don't gamble, but gamble, I guess. <laughs> Investment. How's that? I didn't see. I, I saw some highlights. I don't even know what happened. I guess there was a, some big lottery this week, right? Something like billion or something. I don't know, something like that. Anyhow. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. In other words, it is opened up to us, and that's something that only God can do, and that's something that he does through the gospel. And God has ordained that the gospel, the method of the gospel coming into the lives of people is the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. Paul actually calls, in Galatians 1.23, Paul actually says, but they which had heard only that he which has, or excuse me, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which he once destroyed. So I want you to see that the gospel actually is called the faith, the pistis. In other words, uh, we call the gospel, the gospel is called in Hebrews, the great confession. In other words, how do you get born again? Okay, let's go back to Romans chapter 10. Because if you're not born again this morning, you will get born again. If you would like to. Even though God loves you, he would not force you. Love does not force. Love invites. Love sacrifices. Love makes a way. 
Uh, verse eight, we'll start with verse eight again. But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will or shall confess, that's that word confession again, homologio, say the same thing. With your mouth, Jesus as Lord. Excuse me, with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. In other words, so if Jesus is Lord, and if you say that same thing with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Again, Jesus is Lord. There is power in that homologio. There is power in that confession. Actually, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is present in that confession. The power of the resurrection. Well, that's the next part. And you will, what? Believe in your heart. I love this. Because growing up, you know, uh, yeah, I, I kind of be like the analytical type of thinker. And so I think, well, okay, did I think this right? Did I have this right? Is this right? Is this right? And when I learned that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, I was like, oh, so all I have to do is have a right heart. In other words, the ju- Lord will judge, you'll be judged much more quickly on your motives than anything else. And so I always keep my motives correct. And I always ask the Lord, you know, you reveal to me, uh, you know, actually Psalm 18, in end of Psalm 18, or Psalm 19, I don't recall which, but uh, that, um, Lord, uh, see if there be any wicked way in me. In other words, you're a, you're a terrible judge of yourself. <laughs> but if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged, according to Corinthians. So in order to do that, I'd say, Lord, uh, you reveal... <laughs> You show me, because I know I can't see uh, many things uh, that I may, I may uh, uh, not be aware of. And I don't want anything uh, standing in the way. But you don't get hung up on it. You act in faith. In other words, if you're going to get hung up on it, like you know, uh, I said, as a believer, I mean, you might occasionally sin. But if you have a mentality that I am just constantly, uh, you know, I'm just flesh, so I just constantly mess up all the time. I can't even possibly uh, confess how many things I do because I obviously do so many sinful things. That is not a Bible-based new believer mentality. That is not of faith. That is looking to yourself. Do you understand that? Because faith is looking to God's ability and God's power, and God's anointing. Like, how much power does God have to help you live correctly? How much power does God have to speak to you in such a way that you can hear and understand? How much power does God have to put you in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right message? How much power does God have to be your shepherd so that you shall not want? To let you sit down at a feast in the presence of your enemies. That doesn't matter what's going on around you. There's turmoil. There's enemies. People wanting to attack you. People saying bad things about you. People trying to steal from you. Trying to kill you. Trying to destroy you. But yet, in the presence of your enemies, he prepares a table before you. 
that you can feast and eat no matter what is going on around you. That sounds like Hebrews chapter four. They that believe has entered into rest. I mean, can you really rest and have a good meal if you believe like those enemies are gonna have access to you? But if you believe he is my shield, he is my fortress, he is my strong tower, I am righteous and I run into him and I am safe. Well, then you can be in the fortress and you can watch the little people with fiery arrows try to shoot the rocked fortress, but you're founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, for with, the, for with the heart, man, verse 10, for with the heart, with the heart, with your heart, God is a spirit in John 4, and they that worship him or draw near to him must worship him or draw near to him in spirit and in truth. In other words, you can call it worship, but if it's not based on the word of God, you're liable to get kind of flaky. You're not going to be drawn near to him. <laughs> People can say a lot of things. This is like the Lord speaking through me. If it does not line up with the word of God, uh, the spirit and the word agree. So don't, don't, don't think that that is the spirit of God. And the spirit of God always will reveal the blood of Jesus. He'll take you to the blood, the sacrifice, the life poured out in your life and the life of others. In other words, if somebody says, this is God, and it makes you feel condemned, well, then you you don't have to say, well, that's not God, but then you got to wonder, am I looking at this situation based on my own thinking? Because your own spirit will condemn you. You'll condemn yourself. But if it's the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is not condemning you. Oh, he made a way. He made a way. And he brings you close. And he brings you in. And he is the epitome of patience. Like you think, I just keep messing up and like, well, what, what, why should I even try anymore? Because God is God. Isaiah says... Uh, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, that actually is the Hebrew word shalom. And that verse really says, thou will keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on thee. Shalom, shalom. King James says perfect peace. But actually, it literally says shalom, shalom. And I looked up shalom a couple weeks ago. Shalom is like rising to the highest potential possible. So not, and don't just think earthly terms. Like, I'm going to be the best, like when I was a little kid, I want to be a physics teacher. So say I'd be like the, the epitome of a physics teacher. No, 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 no. Shalom is God's ability to make it happen in your life. So shalom, if you have, uh, you know, I looked it up. It's talking about shalom. They specifically talked about your house. 
that means you have nothing missing, nothing lacking, no defect in your home. <laughs> Physical home. But then I, I looked it up. You know, salvation is included in shalom. Yeah. 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 Deliverance is included in shalom. Yeah. Healing is included in shalom. And so when you say, when, when the word says, uh, you can say it, repeat it, you should, but I'm saying the word says it. Thou will keep him in shalom, shalom. That means shalom, the highest potential of shalom. And shalom is already the highest potential of all things. So what? Whose mind is stayed on thee. Have you ever noticed? It's when our mind gets focused on something else. Proverbs chapter 4. My son, attend to my words. My sayings. This is all about words that were spoken. Uh, Romans chapter 4. Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. He said, this is what God said. Do you know when um, the word is spoken to you, in other words, it's made, it's made real to you or revealed to you, opened up, like you see something from the word, either through looking at it or hearing it that you've never seen before, that is called a rhema. So Abraham believed according to rhema. I'm not trying to change the Greek, I'm just telling you. Same thing, right? Abraham believed according to that which he heard from God. So we believe according to that which we hear from God. And Abraham was established in faith, and he's the father of faith. So you will keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on thee. Uh, you know, Philippians chapter 4, 6, you know, don't, don't be worried, right? But if you just keep reading on right there, you know, what, what happens next? If you cast all your cares on the Lord, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding. So, you, you know, it's so easy to be in this, in this arena where... You're like, you've got this, you're Romans chapter seven, maybe. You know, you got this battle going on. Like, uh, my, my flesh is like, no, it's going to rise up. And my spirit's like, no, you're not going to rise up. And my, my flesh is like, no, I am going to rise up. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like just going back and forth, back and forth. Well, why? Because that peace that passes all understanding. When you have that peace, do you know how easy it is to hear from God? and to follow God, but when you do not have it, I like to say, you know, you don't really ever want to pray in a pressure situation from a place of pressure. So that doesn't mean like you got a lot of pressure on you right now, don't pray. No, that means you got to develop the ability that you cast those cares on the Lord no matter how much external pressure you feel, that you're saying, I wherefore, like Paul, in, in, the, in the sea, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it will be the way he told me. When everything else, all the people certainly, what do you think? How's it going to be? I should, how's it going to be? All the people on the ship like, we're going to die. We're all going to die. 
you know, before they set on that voyage, all Paul had was an inward witness. He said, I perceive that this voyage will be with much peril. But you know what? Then in the midst of the storm, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, fear not. You'll lose the ship, everything on it, but every life will be saved. But he started out on that voyage with I perceive. Just the primary way that God speaks to all of us. I didn't read verse 10 yet, did I? For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession, there's confession again, homologeo, uh, is made unto salvation. So when are you saved? Before or after you confess? After. So you have to actually believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess that he is Lord before the actual act of you being recreated is manifested or shows up in your life. Well, that exact same principle, that is a gospel principle. And that same principle is how you live life. Gospel is not an empty word. It is effective power which brings to pass what it says because its author is God. Let me put this real practical. You remember last week I gave the example of my daughter Evie and she wanted to swing on Andrew's swing, Andrew and Bethany's swing, because he had told the kids about this and so they're all excited and you know they couldn't even hardly go to sleep Saturday night. Like, we can't wait to go to the party. You know, we had the church get together last week at Andrew and Bethany's. And so uh, Evie, just a little jumpy, happy self that she is, uh, she, uh, she's done that since she was in the womb. Like Melody would be sitting next to me and all of a sudden her belly would go boom, 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 boom. She's like the same. Don't, don't tell me life doesn't begin at conception. <laughs> Same personality. And so um, she, she went out of my bedroom and she slipped on a sock or something like that and fell. And uh, she couldn't um, sit down. Yeah. yeah, she couldn't sit down. I knew she was in really bad pain. I couldn't remember exactly what, but she couldn't sit down. And so um, I was actually... Uh, working on the message and I thought well let's just let's just act our faith and so the reality is that the same power that raised Christ from the dead Paul you know he prayed that in Ephesians chapter 1 that we would become acquainted with that same power that the power of the gospel wasn't just 2,000 years ago actually New Testament faith is not Old Testament faith, New Testament faith has a little bit to do with hope. But Old Testament faith had a lot more to do with hope. Because New Testament faith is actually based in the preaching of the gospel. It is the believing of the power of the preaching of the gospel. New Testament faith. And that event has already occurred. So New Testament faith 
is actually in an event that has already occurred or is outside of the realm of time. Christ was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So when you act in faith, you act based on the gospel. So with my daughter, that's why I said to her, because why? Well, do you believe, don't you don't have to raise your hand. Do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? And do you confess Jesus as your Lord? Because that is the uh, epitome of life. Everything changes when you do that. Everything changes. The foundation, the building blocks of everything are, are now different. Uh, you have the same body and your mind needs to be renewed, but your potential has just left this earth because heaven came and lived inside of you. So the same power that raised Christ from the dead, when you confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, let me find this real quick. Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, or in the anointed one in his anointing, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should, what? Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Jesus became Lord of all. Jesus uh, displayed complete mastery over all. And so when we declare that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God raised him from the dead, the resurrection power of Christ comes inside of us. We receive that same life. Well, that confession is not just for the moment of salvation. Uh, maybe I should say for becoming a new creature. So that's why I said to my daughter, I said, Evie, I said, do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? And she said, yes. And I said, is Jesus your Lord? And she said, yes. I said, okay, now, the same power that God used when he raised Jesus from the dead in your believing is present now. And so that resurrection power, because understand, the resurrection was not just a historical event. The resurrection was salvation itself. Because why? Because on Jesus was placed every sin, the sin nature itself, 
every sickness, the nature of sickness itself, every bit of lack, every bit of the curse, Galatians 3.13, Christ actually became a curse. And he took all of the curse in every form, in every part. So when he was on that cross, all of that inability, all of the lack of victory was placed on him. All of our inability to live righteous or to to be favored of God was placed on him. He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when, then when we declare, it, it is really this simple. So when we declare, Jesus is Lord, I believe God raised him from the dead. So based on that resurrection power, This sickness, I'm giving an example. This sickness in my body, I command you now to leave in the name of Jesus. And then you believe with nothing doubting. In other words, when you declare the gospel, the power of the gospel is present at that moment. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. The mighty working of God. And I think uh, it would help Many times, if we just actually declare the lordship of Jesus and we declare that we believe God raised him from the dead, see, in the raising from the dead, he rose you from the dead. When Christ raised from the dead, that was freedom from your sickness, from your deformity, from your depression, from your lack, from your spiritual death. Christ is your freedom. Christ is your life. Christ is your righteousness. So let's all stand. Oh, Dave, can you start playing when you get down here? Um, And um, I want you, if you have something in your body, if you have a financial need, if you have... uh, I was going to say mental problems. Nobody wants to admit that, right? (laughs) You're being attacked mentally. (laughs) Uh, If you have anything that's not in line with the word, uh, you're a believer. And what believers do is they believe. And believing actually is an action. And so I want you to just take authority. I want you uh, to declare uh, the lordship of Jesus, first of all. We'll do it together. And then I want you uh, to declare that you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And uh, if you're not born again, you get born again right when we do that, if you do it with us from your heart. And um, then, uh, while he's singing, I want you to declare what you believe. And, and, and don't, don't get, um, act in faith. I want, you to, I want it to be an act of faith because nothing shall be impossible with God. Jesus said, have faith in God. You are a believer. You are not a doubter. Say that. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I live by faith. I live by trusting God. I live by trusting God. 
Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I believe God raised him from the dead. And the same power that raised him from the dead is working in me now. Is working in my situation now. All right, now I want to tell you one more thing and then we'll sing that and then we'll finish. And that is, um, some of you know that um, I had a pretty bad accident in January. I fell off a ladder. Actually, no, I fell on a ladder. <laughs> the ladder slipped down, I fell on it. And I hit my head and got a, a, apparently a really bad concussion and uh, had been uh, really um, standing for complete restoration most of the year. And... Um, amazing how much you use your brain that you don't even realize <laughs> and so uh about a, a month ago uh i feel like i was kind of slow but i'll tell it for your benefit uh you know i had been believing and then it would get better and then all of a sudden it would just like come back and be worse and then it'd get better and then it was like up down up down i kind of get annoyed and um and so, uh, you know, I said sometimes something will come in your heart, but you don't speak it with your mouth. Well, that was actually one of those things because I was just declaring, you know, that my, my brain is healed. And uh, it came up in my heart when I was meditating on it about a month ago. You need to just say exactly what you want. And so I said, and, and, and you, in your understanding of it. And so I said, I just started from that point. I, I started saying, my brain is healed. My head is healed and every fiber that holds my brain in place is healed and every bruise is healed. And when I did that, it was about maybe maybe only, it was less than a week, I think, of, of doing that. Uh, I started to get better and then about a week after I did that, I could, I could think again. Like if, you know, I, I joke, you know, I tell like I have analytical mind, but really I had really trouble figuring stuff out. And I would just kind of be like, what? I don't understand. And I'm just telling you that to tell you that um, I didn't feel much, but I believe much. You know, so, so it's not a feeling, although feelings come and your body will change. But I just, because when you speak concerning that, like what happened? Well, my brain was bruised or whatever happened to it, you know, and whatever fibers or whatever. So there was some physical problem, but you know, Jesus took every physical problem to the cross and conquered it. So because of that, because he is my Lord, when, you, when I say Jesus is Lord, or I say in the name of Jesus, the same power that happened in the resurrection is manifest in the name of Jesus. It's all tied up in the name of Jesus. So then when I said that, I realized, like I'm speaking the power of God to the situation. So it doesn't have to be like complicated. It doesn't have to be King James English. I learned King James from Brother Hagin, so I like it. So it's more friendly to me, if you call it that, whatever. Familiar, that's a better word. And so um, so you just say, because literally I was saying it as I thought, I was like, well, I just want to thank you, Lord, that my brain is healed. And I, then I was like, I just want to thank you that my head is healed. And then I, I was like, what in the world? It's like this squishy stuff that holds my brain in place. So I was like, I want to thank you that every fiber that holds my brain in place is healed. 
And I thought, well, there could be some bruising. I want to thank you that every bruise is healed. He was bruised for me. And so literally it is that simple that you just believe and speak beyond what your natural mind would reason out and figure out. That you just say it. And so you don't even have to like, you know, Brother Higgin used to tell us, and it's so true, you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. So I just encourage you, act in faith, believing God. And you find it in the word, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the curse. You're not under the curse. So if you're having financial problems, that's under the curse. If you have physical problems, that's part of the curse. If you have mental problems, that's part of the curse. So we live in victory. All right. Well, let's just uh, pray and then, and then we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. Father, I pray this week that as we go in our own lives, but also especially the lives of others, that you'd give us opportunities to speak the gospel, the power, your power into every situation so your power can flow and so life can spring forth where there was curse and where there was death. Father, I speak a blessing over each and every person that's here and listening. Father, we ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, for knowing you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. Oh, Father, that we may know you Jesus' name we pray. Amen.